You're listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. Men and women, I think a day's coming. And we're seeing it more and more. We're seeing it gradually happen. I think it's increasing in greater measure that the spoken word is going to bring deliverance power like the world has never seen before. And so church, join up. Be a part of the army of what God's doing. Let him use you in a mighty and powerful way. Today, Pastor Steve continues his series on the book of Revelation. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message from Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We are looking at the beginning of the, the second half of the Great Tribulation period. We might call it Jacob's Trouble. This, this time period where the kingdoms of this earth have been warned and warned and warned again and again by angels and by these two witnesses and by the 144,000 evangelists, these Jewish evangelists. If you're new to our church, we're going through the book of Revelation. So we've been covering all that. And now we're coming into this second half of a three and a half year, second half of a seven year period of this great tribulation. And then we have this proclamation. And I don't know if the people of the earth can hear this proclamation or if we're just getting a bird's eye view of what is said in the heavenlies and we can see it forecast it out into the future of what's going to happen. But he says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Christ is being proclaimed as sovereign over the kingdoms of this earth, over the kingdoms of the world. Isn't that exciting, folks? We're seeing that wherever Christ is proclaimed, addictions are broken. Wherever the word of God is read. I said to a young man this week who has been struggling with some stuff in his life. And I said, dude, here's what I want you to do. I just want you for the next 30 days to just read the word and read the word and read the word as many hours as you can every day. That's all I want you to do is read the word. Pull out your journal and get a really cool journal like I have. Because this one's really anointed. No, you can use a spiral notebook. I don't encourage you to use, but put it right there beside your Bible. Open the Word and read it and, and write in your journal what God's saying to you. And, and in 30 days, God's going to do something miraculous. First day, super boring. Second day, more boring. Third day, you hate my guts. Fourth day, you think about all the things you're, you're missing in your life because you're reading this, this book, this ancient book. Fifth day, something will start to move. Sixth day, you can't wait to read at least five minutes. Seventh day, and, it's gonna, and that's the way God works. He hooks you in. Just start. Just start. So what happens is the kingdoms of your world become the kingdoms of the Lord Jesus Christ as you spend time in worship and prayer. So I'm really into Lauren Daigle these days. Anybody like Lauren Daigle? Man, I dig Lauren Daigle. And it's so cool. You can just YouTube on your phone and just put it right there and worship with Lauren Daigle like you're in that house or something where they're doing the recording. It's really awesome. And so to worship him. But this earth is not the kingdom of God right now. 
And most of us here were never educated. We were programmed in our schools. Even now, we're taught a theory of how the cosmos came into being and how you and I were manufactured, evolved by a man who never even completed anything that he started and who died without ever clearly having any scientific evidence to support what he believed. But yet every school system believes that his theories are fact and his name is Darwin. And I do believe in micro evolution because I breed dogs. So we have dogs that we breed. If you're looking for a really cool, killer, hunting, obeying, loving member of your family lab, probably in the next two months, we'll have a set of them ready for you. First come, first serve though, okay? But we breed because we can take um, something called an intelligent agent and manipulate a breed. It's called microevolution. So you can see a change in a breed by the way you set up the, the male and the female together. That's called microevolution. We have sheep in cold weather in certain parts of the world that have a thicker, longer wool because of that cold weather. That's called microevolution. We believe in micro. Evolution, in your, in your app today, Stu Orr, a new member of our church or becoming a member. I don't know if he's a member yet, but he keeps hanging out with us. Um, who is studied in these areas gave me, I said something short. So he gave me like this little thumbnail sketch of micro and macro evolution. It's the appendix in the notes today in the sermon. So if you've downloaded the app and you have the sermon notes, the appendix has a better description of macro and microevolution. Now, what's the difference? So microevolution is what we observe within a species of change. But macroevolution in the realm of species is actually a species change. Of which we've never ever observed. We've never seen a squirrel become a fish. Or a fish become a squirrel. Now I was a gymnast. In college. High school and college. So there were times when I was on the high bar. When I I did have some similarities to a monkey. (laughs) But I didn't become one. The term macroevolution is used. When the microevolutionary processes are theoretically extrapolated to account for the origin of a new species. So that change goes beyond the limits of microevolution. It was Darwin's quote unquote big idea that if the mutation, and Darwin called it random variation, was great enough, the selection process would eventually create a new species. The dog would eventually turn into another species. Further extrapolations by macroevolution could eventually produce all the species. Every creature on earth could then be shown to ultimately descend from a universal common ancestor. Did everybody study that? Did you? Of course you did. Yeah. But macroevolution has never been observed in living organisms. Has not been produced in the laboratory nor can it be shown by the fossil record to have operated anywhere in the past. 
Now, I'm, I'm simple. I'm not real smart. I'm from Georgia. But I figured it out. If something is that extensive and it affects every species the way it's taught, then there should be somewhere like a half fish, half man. It couldn't have all begun exactly at the same time and then all ended exactly at the same time. There should be somewhere where the evolutionary process hasn't quite worked out. Now, granted, sometimes when we look around, you wonder. (laughs) But I haven't seen anybody that's halfway there. Guess what? Guess what? This world is going to become the kingdom of God. God is moving. Right now, Satan controls it. Right now, he he controls the educational system. But God has called us as saints to do exactly what he says here. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. That's our responsibility, church. And so we gather on Wednesdays at noon at every home for Christ. And we're praying for revival in the church in Colorado Springs. We're, pro- we're praying for awakening in our city. This city's never seen that before. We're asking God, use us to bring about a great move of your kingdom. Because... As Jesus was in his 40 days fast and and he's coming to the end of it. And Satan comes up to him and he says, look, I can give you all the kingdoms of the world. If you'll bow down and worship me. Interesting, Luke 4, 5, this is what the interaction looks like. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said to him all this authority I will give to you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whomever I wish. It has been given to me and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore if you will worship before me all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said, And get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Note that Jesus never disputes with what Satan says. That these kingdoms have been given to him. And that he's over these kingdoms of the earth. And so Jesus doesn't dispute with that. So men and women, whoever your king is, that's what your kingdom will be. And in whatever kingdom you follow, that will be the economy that you follow. Wrong king, wrong kingdom. Wrong king, wrong kingdom. Before the flood, wrong king, wrong kingdom. Egypt, wrong king, wrong kingdom. Babylon, wrong king, wrong kingdom. ISIS, wrong king, wrong kingdom. United States of America, wrong king, wrong kingdom. But just before the coming of Christ, just before the coming of Christ, and I believe we're living in those days, that kingdom is going to rise up with greater and greater power. Isn't that exciting? That the greater works of the kingdom are coming. That when Victor shares about a woman that he encounters out of a car, in the middle of Mosul and on the whole battleground there and God sets her free. That's the kingdoms of not this world coming into the kingdoms of this world to bring freedom and revolution 
and a new life in her life. We see Jesus come into the Samaritan woman and he preaches to her and he shares the gospel with her. And we know tradition, uh, from history and tradition that she went back into the whole region in the first churches of the, uh, in the book of Acts. Not exclusively in the book of Acts, but we know during that same first century period were planted through her. Because she was set free by Christ's word to her. And many women, I think a day's coming. And we're seeing it more and more. We're seeing it gradually happen. I think it's, it's increasing in greater measure that the spoken word is going to bring deliverance power like the world has never seen before. And so church, join up. Be a part of the army of what God's doing. Let him use you in a mighty and powerful way. Verse 16 And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and reigned. There can't be the right kingdom until there's the right king. 24 elders in chapters 4 and 5 representing the church, worshiping the Lord. And now they come here. They're giving thanks to the Lord. The one who is and who was and who is to come. That's the way God works, church. When we allow the king to rule in our life, he becomes the who was and who is and who is to come. I think one of the hardest areas is the who was. The who was is hard for all of us. That's that whole history that all of us carry here of of struggles and pain and getting ripped off and being hurt in relationships. Isn't Isn't it exciting? We can take on the king who was, who is, and who is to come. He can come and he can heal our wases. He can heal your wases. Because who you is, that's where we talk where I come from. Who you is, is usually because of who you was. And the problem with you is, for where you're going, is because you still got that wases on you. And so you're carrying the wases into the ises so that your, so that your tocoms kind of stink. Because you're still a was. When Christ has said you're born again. And you're a new creation in Christ. And the problem is. Is we do a lot of work on the is's. And not enough work on the was's. Because we're not enough in this book. Because when we begin to saturate our mind and our heart. And if you weren't a part of it a couple weeks ago. When I talked about the Lectio Divina. I encourage you to go back and look at those two sermons I did from Revelation 10. Dealing with eating the book. The title is Eating the Book 1, Eating the Book 2. But in that quick little two-part from, from Revelation 10, we talked about the fact that you, it's called spiritual reading. That's what Lecto Divina means. It's from the 12th century. But as you read it, you eat it. And the way you eat it is you meditate on it. You pray the scriptures back to the Lord and it metabolizes into your spiritual bloodstream. Isn't that cool? And that cleansing power 
begins to work in a supernatural way with our wuzzes. Because a lot of us got a lot of wuzzes. Because what we is, is because of what we was. And so even though we're saved, we bring with us these battered parts and these hurtful parts. And you hurt others. And we hurt others. We all, and everybody's got it. And so as we begin to get involved in what we call wholehearted discipleship. And that means we need blood-stained allies. Men, you need two or three guys that know you. That you have a relationship with that can speak into your life. Because you're still, you're still messed up. I mean, you're saved. But there's this whole process that happens through other people also ministering in our life. Through discipleship. That's why Jesus did it the way he did. Women, you need two or three women in your life. And we use the term bloodstained allies because we need some people we can trust who are also bloodstained. In other words, they've been through the war. They've been through the battle. They understand and, and they're working this thing out. We're working out our salvation. Do you understand it, men and women? This is, this is how the kingdoms of this world, that's us, this kingdom begins to become the kingdoms of God through giving our was and our is and our to come to the one who was and is and is to come. Isn't that exciting? That's what you get when you get saved. You get the Holy Spirit. You get Jesus. You get the Father. You get the Holy Spirit. The, the triune God comes to live in you. To begin to transform you from the was and the is to come. Because he is the was and is is to come. And so what it is, it's greater and greater surrender. Hello? So what you surrendered to five years ago when you came to know the Lord, I hope, is really different than what you're surrendering to the Lord today. Because at first he didn't have your wallet. At first he may not have had your time. I mean, it's daylight savings time today. And it's that spring forward one. It's the bad one. (laughs) You're here. So how many of you would say 10 years ago you would have been here? Like three hands go up. Because we're being transformed, aren't we? You're not the same as you were 10 years ago. And so we're on this journey, church. It's, it's the road less traveled. We're on this road less traveled. And so, so this is a picture of our life of, of the who was and is and is to come. And as you give more of your was, is, and is to come to the one who is the was and is and is to come, he will transform your past, your present, and your future by you giving more and more control of your life to him. And the fears that some of you carry are going to disappear. They are. Where you were fearful last year, you won't be fearful next year. Because you'll keep every day. And it's it's, it's always incremental. But as we incrementally give these things to him, he's doing a deeper work within our life. And in so doing, your kingdom is becoming the kingdoms of our Lord in Christ. And the nations were angry. 
And by the way, as the kingdom moves with greater power, the nations are going to get angrier. We have an angry nation right now. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. And those who fear your name, small and great. And should destroy those who destroy the earth. And so, warning after warning. And some of you are new to, to our fellowship. And so, you haven't been through the book of Revelation with us. But, but there's, what, what we're seeing here, we see this progression happening, you guys. Where there is a... A work of God warning the earth with witnesses. Warning the earth with a third. A third of the water being destroyed. And a third of mankind being destroyed. And and God is crying out to humankind. And inviting them into the kingdom. Not wanting that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. So he's crying out. And now we're coming to that that last half of the seven year tribulation. The tribulation. The, the time of Jacob's trouble. The tribulation of the tribulation. But we don't want him. America does not want Christ. Colorado Springs does not want Christ. If you have your Bibles open. Because some of you are just looking at the app. I think it's on the app too. But look at Romans 1. Romans 1.18. One of the most... Important passages in the New Testament on the heart of man. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world as invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even as eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. That's underlined in my Bible. They are without excuse. Verse 21. Because though they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Verse 26. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased Mind. So God gives us over to vile passions. God gives us over to a debased mind because that's what we want. And so God gives us that freedom to choose what we're going to do. And, 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 we be, and it's almost like when you read this, the impression of many commentators and theologues of the past has been, it's like man is becoming a wild beast. 
Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that phrase comes up in Scripture about being whisperers. Backbiters. Haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Okay, kids. I always take my kids to this. No, I don't. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. God gives us over, church. If you, if you want to go after the king of sex, you can have his kingdom too. If you want to go after the king of greed, you can have his kingdom too. King, kingdom, economy. Always works that way. Whoever's your king, that's your kingdom, that becomes your economy. So, so if, if it's the king of passions and vile passions and sexual immorality, that will become your kingdom, that will become your economy. And God will give you over. He will allow you to do that. And I remember as a kid just um, going to the mall with my parents in Huntsville, Alabama. I think that's the first, that's the first impression I have of going to a mall and um, as a kid, like five or six. And I, I think I was maybe not that young. Maybe I was like seven or eight. And mom just let me go to the sporting goods store. And then she went and did her thing and she came back and picked me up all the time. You can't do that now. Wrong king, wrong kingdom, wrong economy. But here's what happens. When we give ourselves, not just to salvation, but to sanctification. When we give ourselves to Christ, we get a new king. Now the kingdom's still messed up. Because you still control your kingdom, but now you've got the king. You start going after the king and going after the king. And this kingdom starts getting gradually taken over by the king. And then, you know, and then you go back to you as the king and, and then the kingdom changes again. And then you think that was a bad choice. And then you go back and you, and you put Christ back on the throne of your heart and then he gets some more. And then you back up and you, and you, you know, you, you go in and you do your thing. Right? The Christian life is kind of But then we start getting discipled. We start worshiping the Lord. And he begins to change us from the inside out. We get baptized. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we go back. It's always two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. But you see, get the king right. Get the king right. And then start surrendering to the king. And then the king takes over the kingdom in our lives. According to Gallup poll, secularization of our society has gone from 15% in the 1950s to 40% in 2001 to 60% by 2010. And what we mean by secularization is where the, the Judeo-Christian values and the biblical worldview are no longer the foundation of one's worldview. Does that make sense? So as we begin to see things from a secularized viewpoint, 
We begin to make decisions because that becomes our king and that becomes our kingdom. Colorado Springs has 79% of the city not attending any religious institution, not just Christianity, but any religious institution on any given Saturday or Sunday. So 79% of this city, 79% of this neighborhood around this church is at home right now. We could, we could do the survey probably right now. We could go knock on doors and 8 out of 10 people would not be at any religious institution this Sunday. On any given Sunday. At any time. America's unchurched population is more people than all but 11 of the 194 nations of the world. According to the Bonner Report, there are over 195 million unchurched people in America today. And that makes us the third largest mission field in the world. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If you're part of the road, you've heard me say this ad nauseum, but I'll say it again, that God gave us this heart to make Jesus great in this city. And to make Jesus great in this city so that the making Jesus great in this city would explode out to the whole world. We have the largest number of mission organizations of any city in the United States, maybe in the whole world. And if God came with revival and awakening here, what an impact it would have worldwide. So I want to challenge you or wherever you go this week that you would look up. And see the harvest. Look up. Don't say four months. Don't say when the end times come. He says look up. See the harvest. There's a harvest before us. And then the temple of God was open in heaven. And the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings and noises and thunderings and earthquakes. And great hail. So... The Ark of the Covenant, time of Solomon, was only a replica of the Ark of the Covenant in heaven. The temple on earth, Solomon's temple, was only a replica of the temple on earth. So, whether Indiana Jones ever finds the Ark of the Covenant, it exists in heaven and we're going to see it. And we're going to be a part of it. You've been listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thanks again for tuning in today, and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.